Welcome to the Christ Community Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message, that it draws you closer to Jesus and helps you become more like Him. Good morning. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is coming from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And we'll be reading verses, or the 13th chapter, excuse me, of the Gospel of Luke. And we'll be reading verses 10 through 17. The word of the Lord reads, As he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded by telling the crowd, there are six days when work should be done. Therefore, come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, hypocrites, don't, doesn't each one of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water? Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he had said these things, all of his adversaries were humiliated. But the whole crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things he was doing. Amen. We thank God for the reading and hearing of his word. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Nathan. Well, good morning. I am um, Mindy. I'm the executive pastor here at Christ Community. If I haven't met you yet, Pastor Brandon and his family are actually at the Eastern, at the um, ECC, Evangelical Covenant Conference. Boy, that's a tongue twister. There is a conference this weekend that they are at, so um, they are away, so I get to speak, and so this will be fun. Um, It was funny, my husband, who you heard from uh, earlier, he gave the announcements. He asked me this morning, are you really going to pass out these rocks before your sermon? Uh, aren't you? Aren't you like setting yourself up? For, the rocks are not meant to be thrown at me, but if if all goes awry, you know. Anyway, there is a purpose for the rocks, and if you didn't get one, you, there are some more up here, and you will have the opportunity. Uh, to grab one as I um, direct you. So we are into our Sabbath series. And, you know, ironically, I feel like my life, our life, my husband and I's life, is insanely busy right now. I don't know if anybody else feels this way, Maybe it's because it's finally nice and we can like do summer things. And so we are filling up our schedules 
crazily with all of these activities or what, I don't know, but we have been so busy. We've been hosting guests in our home. Uh, Kevin's job has been crazy busy. There's just a lot going on. And, you know, we're, we're studying about Sabbath, about the day of rest. And so, you know, this is a really good series for my husband and, and I right now to really pause and to think about what all of this means. It's kind of funny because Kevin's birthday was in April, and for his birthday, I bought him tickets to a concert of one of his favorite musicians playing in Santa Fe. So it wasn't until June last month, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. So excited. We were just counting down the days for us to go on this little mini vacation. We're going to get away. We're going to rest. It's going to be awesome. But of course, you know, all of a sudden we have all these great plans. We're going to go to this concert. We're going to bring our bikes and we're going to ride them around the city. And then we're going to go see Meow Wolf. And we just filled up our schedule. So we get there on a Thursday evening, the concert's at 7.30. We get settled into the hotel. We go and have dinner. We were so full and so tired. Seven o'clock, we're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Maybe we should go to the hotel room and take a quick cat nap before the concert. Yeah, yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> we slept the entire evening, all the way through the night, and did not go to the concert. The whole reason we went to Santa Fe. We were so tired. We just couldn't do it. Our bodies were telling us that we need to slow down. We need to rest. The next day, you know, of course, we had all these things going on, and I told Kevin, listen, I made a reservation at this restaurant that has a famous chef. I mean, it is nationally known. I had to give them our credit card. We cannot miss it. The only problem is the only reservation they had was 8.30. <laughs> Oh my goodness, all day long, we're like, why? Why do we do this to ourselves? We made it to the dinner. Thankfully, it was delicious. But I think the whole meal, we were just so excited to get back to the hotel so we could go to bed. <laughs> we told ourselves after that trip, never again. We are not planning anything after 7 p.m. I think we just need to recognize that we cannot stay awake past that time. But anyway, Sabbath, oh my goodness, as you know, we have been learning in this series about this day of rest that God has invited us into. And Brandon um, had printed out a, in, in an insert in your bulletin is some great guidelines, some suggestions for how we can honor the Sabbath, how we can make more room in our lives for rest, for a time to be in the presence of God. And so those, you'll see those suggestions in there. I really recommend making that an intentional part of your lifestyle. 
Before we dig into today's scripture, though, I kind of want to set the stage again um, so that we can understand the context of why Jesus did what he did and what was so profound about this particular story. So according to the book of Exodus, as we know, the Sabbath is a day of rest on the seventh day, commanded by God and to be kept as a day, a holy day of rest, right? So this is a commandment that God has given us. Simple enough, right? Awesome. Okay, let's go home. <laughs> no, but often I have wondered, you know, I'm a pastor and I'm working on Sundays, so do I, what day is Sabbath for me? Because <laughs> the days I'm not working, I'm doing laundry, I am going to the grocery store. Anyway, okay, simple enough though. God has given us this day of rest. But it seems that, as we have learned throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, the leaders... The religious leaders have to make it more complicated. Of course, us human beings, it can't be simple, right? We, we have to add a bunch of things to it. And so here's kind of like an idea of what these rules and regulations around Sabbath look like. No writing, no erasing, no tearing, no conducting business transactions, no shopping, cooking, baking, or kindling a fire. No gardening, no doing laundry. No carrying anything more than six feet in a public area. No moving anything with your hand. Even indirectly with a broom. <laughs> oh, but you could move something with your elbow or with your breath, just not your hand. It's so, so funny. The Pharisees got so stringent about not working on the Lord's day that they tried to condemn Jesus for healing someone on the Sabbath. They had warped God's gift of rest into a burden. And as we have learned throughout this Sabbath series, Sabbath is not a commandment we are bound to, like these rules, all of these rules that you have to follow. Sabbath is a promise that we are invited into to enjoy. Amen. So how does Jesus keep the Sabbath holy? Today we're going to learn what Jesus offers to us is much bigger than a day of rest. There's an artist. His name is Robert Hodgel. He passed away in 2000. And he created a piece called Pilgrim's Progress. You'll see this. Some of you, it might, it might be difficult for you to see in the back. But in this piece, he depicts a man that's bent over. Strapped to the man's backs are large rocks. And written on them is the question, what shall I do to be saved? He tries to walk forward but his burden is too great. Behind him are laughing faces, deriding him and adding to his woe. In the passage today from Luke, there's two parts to it. 
The first part we're going to take a look at, and it's about the woman. In the passage in verses 10 through 11, it starts off with Jesus teaching in a synagogue on Sabbath. And there is a woman there who is disabled by a spirit, bent over, unable to straighten up for 18 years. Can you even imagine? 18 years. 18 years ago, in 2005, I tore a disc in my back. I was outside, it was springtime, and I was so excited to be doing all that gardening. And I had this plant that I needed to pull out of the dirt. And of course, what was I doing? I was using my back and not my core, not my legs. I wasn't doing the right way. If you don't know how to do it the right way, come talk to me after the service. If you have ever had your back go out, raise your hand. You know that feeling? When I was pulling this plant out of the ground, all of a sudden, I felt like I had gotten struck by lightning in my back. It felt like I was electrocuted, and it dropped me to the ground. I remember I had, the girls were at school at that time, I had to crawl up the porch into the house on my hands and knees, find my phone, call my husband. I could not stand up straight. I couldn't sit up. I was in so much pain. Kevin would have to put me on a chair and roll me down the hall to get me to the bathroom. But I was like this. Now, thankfully, after physical therapy, getting care, I was back to normal in a few weeks. But 18 years being bent over, imagine. I can't. I can't imagine. And I think about that piece of art, of the weight of the rock that he is carrying in that piece of art. For this woman in this passage, it's her physical disability. So it goes on to say, when Jesus saw her, he called out to her, woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded by telling the crowd, there are six days when work should be done. Therefore, come on those days to be healed and not on the Sabbath. Okay, that is funny to me. I don't know if any of you noticed. He addresses the crowd, not Jesus. That seems pretty passive-aggressive to me. I don't know if that has ever happened to you, but... Okay, my mom, she constantly gives her dog, Tuffy, who some of you have met, table scraps, and we keep telling her, you have to stop doing this. That would be like me going to Tuffy. Now, Tuffy, you better stop eating those table scraps because they're so bad for you in front of my mom, thinking that she's going to hear that and learn her lesson. Have you ever gotten one of those emails at work where your boss is confronting you, but it's directed towards everybody in the office? That's exactly what is happening right now. This Pharisee is talking to the crowd, and he thinks he is being so sneaky. 
If I was that woman, I'd feel so embarrassed. I don't know. She was just there to follow Sabbath. She came to the synagogue for her Sabbath duties. She was seeking out her salvation. She was not there to get healed. But Jesus saw her out of the crowd and he called to her. I think what Jesus does is very strategic here. He purposefully chose her out of the crowd. Do you know why I think he chose her? Because he chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. She didn't bring value to society. She was disposable. She was unimportant. She was marginalized. Not only does Jesus heal on the Sabbath to demonstrate God's love or to demonstrate God's law, but Jesus' healing on the Sabbath allowed for mercy and healing. He chose to heal a woman who did not bring value to society. Brandon talked about this last week when he shared about the same kind of scripture with a man who had a shriveled hand. The hand, the symbol of our work, our value. This man was of no use because he did not have a working hand. This woman was no, of no value. And Jesus was strategic here. Brandon stated a few weeks ago, God wants you, not the work of your hands. Sabbath is about relationship with God. Second half of the scripture is about the religious leader. The leader thought he was such a smarty pants by scrutinizing Jesus. It was another way to prove that Jesus was from man and not from God, that he wasn't truly God. Because he broke the religious laws. And this is how Jesus responds. Hypocrites! Doesn't each one of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water? Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on Sabbath day? In other words, are you saying that your donkeys have more value than this woman? See, taking care of animals was sanctioned Sabbath work. It was allowed. But healing a disabled woman is not allowed? Like many times previously, Jesus exposes the hypocrisy. The entire 11th chapter of Luke, specifically verse 46, listen to this. Jesus replied, And you experts of the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry. And you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Again, Brandon talked about this last week, that people oftentimes who carry burdens, who have unrealistic expectations of themselves, 
tend to put those burdens and expectations on others. And it sounds to me like the religious leaders were doing the same thing. The hypocrisy of assigning different values on human lives is exposed. Let me say this with all tenderness and love. We do the same thing as the religious leader. On Sunday, June 18th at 8 a.m., a submarine begins a two-hour descent to explore the Titanic, which lies 14,000 feet below the surface. But as we all know, by 9.45 a.m., they lost communication with the sub. Did you know that four days before, on June 14th, a ship of 750 people sank off the coast of Greece? Hundreds of lives were lost. As many as 500 people, including children, are still missing and are feared to be dead. European authorities knew the boat was in trouble but did not intervene. Yet a submarine with five wealthy men went missing and a multi-million dollar rescue effort began. I wonder if it wasn't the same priority because the ship that sank was full of migrants from Pakistan. Migrants have certainly become a bad word lately. One was driven in desperation one was for adventure. I quote this from the article I read. The contrast between the two tragedies at sea, the scale of efforts to rescue those in danger, and the global media response to both stories has stirred debate inside Pakistan about national and international inequality and the different values put on human lives. Going back to the religious leader, I have to wonder if maybe the religious leader didn't value that woman's life as much as his donkey. Yes, the religious leader wants to uphold the law. But I think that the religious leader doesn't value this woman because she brings nothing to society. Just like migrants escaping harm, such a nuisance that they would seek safety. Jesus just exposed him. And he is silenced. It says that when he said these things, all his adversaries were humiliated. The whole crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things he was doing. Jesus healed people on Sabbath. And by doing so, he communicated that all lives have value. Your value is not in what you make or do. Your value is not in your brains, your beauty, your accolades, your rewards, your identity as a male or a female, your identity in your job, your value is not even all the wonderful works that you do for the Lord. Your value is only in your relationship with God alone and that you are a child of God. Amen.
Oftentimes when Jesus had these interactions with these leaders, he makes these arguments and the Hebrews called these arguments, uh, they were called Kalwohamar. I'm totally messing that up. If Brandon was here, he would probably correct me because he learned Hebrew, so. <laughs> but anyway, this is a very common argument to, to make in, in the Jewish uh, culture. And it basically means that the lesser part of the argument comes first, and then the greater part of the argument is true. If this is true, then this is certainly true. So in this particular incident with this woman, Jesus is stating, if we can loosen the bond of an animal, how much more can we loosen the bond of this daughter of Abraham? If your religious rules allow for helping animals on the Sabbath, then it should definitely allow for helping people. Luke 12, 24, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Okay, we're going to pause for a moment, and I want you to take a deep breath. Close your eyes. I want you to hear these words from God. Of how much more? Think about that. How much more? God feels that way about every single one of you here. How much more? How much more? Your value is not in what you make or do. Your value is in being the daughter of Abraham. You are a child of God. Harry, if you want to bring up the, the artist piece again so we can look at that. So here we have a story in Luke of two people that are seeking salvation by following the Sabbath. The story juxtaposes two people carrying a burden. One carries the burden of a physical ailment and one carries the burden of the law. They both are seeking salvation. Jesus came to set them both free. Sabbath is the assurance and promise of God's freedom from that which oppresses us. We are all in need of God's healing and freedom from our heavy burdens. Whether we are the religious leader burdening ourselves and others with the law, or we are the outcast, poor ailing woman suffering from a physical ailment on the margins of society carrying the weight of her physical disability that keeps her bound. God desires to set us all free. Sabbath is the assurance and promise of God's freedom from that which oppresses us. The Sabbath is for healing. 
So my question for everybody here, what are the rocks that you are carrying? What is the burden that is weighing you down? God wants to take that burden from you. We are not meant to carry burdens. We are not meant to be tied up. We are not meant to be bound. And that is the great promise of Jesus that he brings when he heals people on the Sabbath. Do you know how many times he healed people on the Sabbath? That's the, o that's the only thing I can find about the Sabbath in the Gospels. Jesus is healing somebody. That says something. God wants to free us. Quickly, um, I had shared with you all the last time I spoke that in 2009 I was diagnosed with an incurable form of blood cancer and um, slow growing. And so my regimen was watch and wait, which is terrifying. But in the meantime, God had just led me into an opportunity to pastor at another church. And literally, the moment I decided to take this position, five days later, I was diagnosed with the cancer. And I was just beside myself, but Lord, I am doing your work. God, you've called me into this ministry. And here I am diagnosed with this cancer. But watch and wait. You just kind of wait until you start having symptoms. And so for many years, I was doing fine. And then in 2016, I started to get so sick. I started showing symptoms. And I was so run down. The church I had worked at exploded and then imploded. Um, I had to go through the horrible process of closing the church, taking care of people. It was nonstop. My life was insane. I mean, I was working nonstop. And then I had taken a position as the director for a citywide conference, which was a lot of work. And my body was telling me, you're not doing okay. But I ignored it because I just wanted to keep working for the Lord. Brandon talked about also, he stated a few weeks ago that, you know, we have been sold a lie that God just wants to use us. And I believed that lie. And I was kind of embarrassed to actually admit it. But I was meeting with a spiritual director, and I just felt like I had to be honest. And I put it out there. And I was scared to say it because there was something in me that was like, if I say it, then it means it's true, and then it's going to come true. And you know how that is. And I said, I'm exhausted. I can't keep doing this. But I'm scared that if I stop doing ministry, God won't use me anymore. And I'm just going to die from my cancer. I believed that. My identity was in that. And I'll never forget the spiritual director said to me, 
I wonder if maybe Satan is a deceiver, right? He tells us lies, but oftentimes those lies are based on truth, but they're tweaked a little bit. They're just like upside down. What if we took that lie and we turn it around? What if the truth is, if you don't stop and you keep doing this and you keep riding on this hamster wheel, it's gonna kill you. And when she told me that, it was like instantly I was free. The burden was lifted and I knew exactly what God was calling me to do. I needed to take that rock off my shoulder and give it to him and trust him and believe in him. So I stopped ministry. I stepped back and I took a Sabbath and I focused on my health and I started treatment and I got better and better and better. And so what are the rocks that you are carrying? As we close our time today, um, you've been given a rock. It's not for you to throw at me. <laughs> I would like for us to, during the last song, I'm going to have Carrie sing the song for us. And I would like for you to sit and open up your heart to God and ask him, is there something that I am carrying? Is there a burden that I have that I need to be honest with God about and give to him? And maybe you don't have a burden. Maybe you are carrying somebody else's burden. Let the Lord show you. And then I want to invite you during the song to come up. You, don't have, you can come up whenever you want. Come up to the front here. And I have these chalk markers, acrylic markers, paint markers. And um, I want you to write that burden. Maybe it's just one word. Write it on the rock and then leave your rock at the altar. You don't need to put your name on it. It can be anonymous. And then I'm going to take those rocks and I'm going to pray for every single one of them. Because I want us to be a church that is free from all of those bounds that we have been bounded by. Sabbath is about untying. We're going to untie. And so um, if, if this makes you uncomfortable, you're free to not participate. You can take the rock home with you and you can... Let it be a reminder. You can think about it. You can ponder. If you think of something later, you want to bring it back, you can leave it in my office. But I want to pray for us all. And I want, I want God to reveal what he wants to free you from during this time. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we... Um, uh, I'm so grateful. God, you just want us of how much more we are important, of how much more we have value. All the things that we get caught up in, Lord, all these meaningless things that we put so much value in, it doesn't matter. We have so much more value in you alone.
And God, that is the greatest news ever. Jesus brought us the greatest news, that we are not bound to the law anymore. We are free, and we don't have to be free to all of these things that are tying us up. And so, God, we ask that you would reveal any of those things in our lives that are keeping us bound. Help us, God, to be diligent, to be sensitive to the Spirit, to know when we are getting ourselves caught up into something that is not from you. God, I pray for courage for everyone here to face some of those things. I pray, God, for your mercy, your love, your kindness. And we thank you, God, for your endless amount of, of love that covers a multitude of sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. For more information on Christ Community Church in Southeast Denver, visit ChristCommunityDenver.org.